Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uncle Remus Initiates the Little Boy One evening recently the lady whom Uncle Remus calls Miss Sally missed her little seven-year-old. Making search for him through the house and through the yard, she heard the sound of voices in the old man's cabin, and, looking through the window, saw the child sitting by Uncle Remus. His head rested against the old man's arm, and he was gazing with an expression of the most intense interest into the rough, weather-beaten face that beamed so kindly upon him. This is what Miss Sally heard. By and by, one day, at a bruh fox been doin' all that he could for to catch bruh rabbit, and bruh rabbit been doin' all he could for to keep him from it, bruh fox says to hisself, that he'd put up a game on Bruh Rabbit, and he ain't got mowin' the words out in his mouth, twill Bruh Rabbit come a-lopin' up the big road, lookin' just as plump and as fat and as sassy as a morgan horse in a barley patch. Hold on there, Bruh Rabbit, says Bruh Fox, says he. I ain't got time, Bruh Fox, says Bruh Rabbit, says he, sort of mendin' his licks. I want to have some confab with you, Bruh Rabbit says Bruh Fox, says he. All right, Bruh Fox, but you better holler from where you stand. I'm monstrous full of fleas this morning, says Bruh Rabbit, says he. I seed Bruh Bar yesterday, says Bruh Fox, says he, and he sort of raked me over the coals, cause you and me ain't made friends and live neighborly, and I told him that I'd see you. Then Bruh Rabbit scratch one yell with his off-hind foot sort of jubously, and then he ups and says, says he, All a-settin', Bruh Fox, suppose you drop round tomorrow and take dinner with me. We ain't got no great doings at our house, but I spec the old woman and the chillin can sort of scramble round and get up something for the stay old stomach. I'm agreeable, Bruh Rabbit, says Bruh Fox, says he. Then I'll pinned on you, says Bruh Rabbit, says he. Next day, Mr. Rabbit and Miss Rabbit got up soon for day and raided on our garden like Miss Sally's out there and got some cabbages and some roasted ears and some sparrowgrass and they fix up a smashing dinner. By and by, one of the little rabbits playing out in the back yard come running in hollering, Oh, Ma, oh, Ma, I seed Mr. Fox a-coming. And then Bruh Rabbit, he took the chillins by their ears and made em set down, and then him and Miss Rabbit sort of dally round waitin' for Bruh Fox, 
And they keep on waitin' for Bruh Fox, and they keep on waitin', but no Bruh Fox ain't come. At a while Bruh Rabbit goes to the dough easy-like and peep out, and dar, stickin' from behind the corner, was the tip in the Bruh Fox tail. Then Bruh Rabbit shot the dough, sat down and put his paws behind his ears, and begin for the sing. De place whereabouts you spill de grease, right there you are bound to slide. And where you find a bunch of har, you surely find a hide. Next day, Bruh Fox sought word by Mr. Mink, excuse himself cause he was too sick for to come, and he asked Bruh Rabbit for to come and take dinner with him, and Bruh Rabbit say he was agreeable. By and by, when the shadows was at their shortest, Bruh Rabbit, he sort of brush up and saunter down to Bruh Fox's house, and when he got dar, he hear somebody groaning, and he look in the door, and there he see Bruh Fox, setting up in a rocking chair, all wrap up with flannel, and he look mighty weak. Bruh Rabbit look all round, he did, but he ain't see no dinner. The dishpan was sitting on the table, and close by, was a carving knife. "'Looks like you gwine to have chicken for dinner, Bruh Fox,' says Bruh Rabbit, says he. "'Yes, Bruh Rabbit, they are nice and fresh and tender,' says Bruh Fox, says he. Then Bruh Rabbit sort of pull his mustache and say, "'You ain't got no clamus root, is you, Bruh Fox? I done got so now that I can't eat no chicken seppin' she's seasoned up with clamus root. And with that, Bruh Rabbit lipped out the door and dodged among the bushes, and sat there watchin' for Bruh Fox. And he ain't watched long, nutter, cause Bruh Fox flung off the flannel and crup out of the house, and got where he could close in on Bruh Rabbit. And by and by, Bruh Rabbit hollered out, "Oh, Bruh Fox, I just put your clamus root out yah on this yah stump. Better come and get it while it's fresh." And with that, Bruh Rabbit gallop off home, and Bruh Fox ain't never caught him yet. And what's more, honey, he ain't gwine to. <laughs> End of Uncle Remus Initiates the Little Boy Chapter 2 of Uncle Remus and Friends, 17 Stories by Joel Chandler Harris this LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Wonderful Tar Baby Story Didn't the fox never catch the rabbit, Uncle Remus? asked the little boy the next evening. He come mighty nigh it, honey. Shows you born, Bruh Fox did. Uh, one day, at a Bruh Rabbit fool him with that calamus root, Bruh Fox went to work and got him some tar and mix it with some turkentime and fix up a contraption what he call a tar baby and he took dish yah tar baby and he sot it in the big road and then he lay off in the bushes for to see what the news was gwine to be and he didn't have to wait long nutter cause by and by here come bruh rabbit pacing down the road lippity clippity clippity lippity just as sassy as a jaybird bruh fox he lay low Bruh Rabbit come prancing long twill he spied a tar baby, and then he fight up on his behind leg like he was astonished. 
De tar baby, she sot dar she did, and Brer Fox, he lay low. Mornin', says Brer Rabbit, says he. Nice wetty dis mornin', says he. Tar baby ain't sayin' nothin', and Brer Fox, he lay low. How does yo symptoms seem to sagashuate? says Brer Rabbit, says he. Brer Fox, he wink his eye slow and lay low, and de tar baby, she ain't sayin' nothin'. How you come on, then? Is you deaf? says Brer Rabbit, says he. Cause if you is, I can holler louder, says he. Tar baby, stay still. And Brer Fox, he lay low. You stuck up, that's what you is, says Brer Rabbit, says he. And I'm gwine to kill you, that's what I'm gwine to do, says he. Brer Fox, he sort of chuckle in the stomach, he did. But Tar baby, ain't sayin' nothin'. I'm gwine to learn you how to talk to speckable folks, if it's the last act, says Brer Rabbit, says he. And if you don't take off that hat and tell me how to, I'm going to bust you wide open, says he. Tar baby, stay still, and Brer Fox, he lay low. Brer Rabbit keep on axing him, and the tar baby, she keep on a-saying nothing, well, presently, Brer Rabbit draw back with his fist, he did, and blip he tuck a side of the head, right dars where he broke his molasses jug. His fist stuck, and he can't pull loose. The tar helped him, but tar baby, she stay still, and Brer Fox, he lay low. If you don't let me loose, I'll knock you again, says Brer Rabbit, says he. And with that he fotch a wipe with the other hand, and dat stuck. Tar baby, she ain't sayin' nothin', and Brer Fox, he lay low. Turn me loose, for I kicked a natch of stuffin' out of you, says Brer Rabbit, says he. But the tar baby, she ain't sayin' nothin'. She just held on, and the Brer Rabbit lose the use of his feet in the same way. Brer Fox, he lay low. Then Brer Rabbit squall out that if the tar baby don't turn him loose, he butter crank-sided, and then he butted, and his head got stuck. Then Brer Fox, he sauntered forth, looking just as innocent as one of your mamma's mockingbirds. Hidey, Brer Rabbit, says Brer Fox, says he. You look a sort of stuck up this morning says he, and then he rolled on the ground and laughed and laughed till he couldn't laugh no more. <laughs> I spec you'll take dinner with me this time, Brer Rabbit. I done laid in some calamus root, and I ain't gwine to take no scoose, says Brer Fox, says he. Here Uncle Remus paused and drew a two-pound yam out of the ashes. Did the fox eat the rabbit? asked the little boy to whom the story had been told. "'Das all de fur de tale goes,' replied the old man. "'He mought, and den again he moughtn'. "'Some say Judge Barr come long and loosed him. "'Some say he didn't. "'I hear Miss Sally calling. "'You better run long.'" End of The Wonderful Tar Baby Story Chapter 3 of Uncle Remus and Friends, 17 Stories by Joel Chandler Harris. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. How Mr. Rabbit Was Too Sharp for Mr. Fox Uncle Remus, 
said the little boy one evening, when he had found the old man with little or nothing to do. Did the fox kill and eat the rabbit when he caught him with the tar-baby? Law, honey, and I tell you about that, replied the old darkey, chuckling slyly. I clad a gracious I oughta told you dat, but old man Nod was riding on my eyelids till a little more and I'd a disremembered my own name. And then on to dat, here comes your mammy hollering out of you. What I tell you when I first begun? I told you Brer Rabbit was a monster soon creetur. Leastways, that's what I laid out for to tell you. Well, then, honey, don't you go and make no other calculations, cause in them days Brer Rabbit and his family was at the head of the gang when any racket was on hand, and there they stayed. Fo' you begins for to wipe your eyes about Brer Rabbit, you wait and see whereabouts Brer Rabbit want to fetch up at. But that's neither here nor there. When Brer Fox find Brer Rabbit mixed up with the tar baby, he feel mighty good, and he roll on the ground and laugh. By and by he up and say, says he, Well, I speck I got you this time, Brer Rabbit, says he. Maybe I ain't, but I speck I is. You been running rounds here sassin' out of me a mighty long time, but I speck you done come to the end of the rope. You been cutting up your capers and bouncing round in this neighborhood until you come to believe yourself the boss of the whole gang, and then you are all the summers where you got no business, says Brer Fox, says he. Who asks for you to come and strike up acquaintance with this here tar baby? And who struck you up there where you is? Nobody in the round world. You just tuck and jam yourself on that tar baby without waiting for any invite, says Brer Fox, says he. And dar you is, and dar you'll stay, twill I fixes up a brush pile and fires her up, cause I'm going to barbecue you this day, show, says Brer Fox, says he. Then Brer Rabbit talk mighty humble. I don't care what you do with me, Brer Fox, says he, so you don't fling me in that briar patch. Roast me, Brer Fox, says he, but don't fling me in that briar patch, says he. It's so much trouble for the kindle a fire, says Brer Fox, says he, that I speck I'll have to hang you, says he. Hang me just as high as you please, Brer Fox, says Brer Rabbit, says he, but do. For the law's sake, don't fling me in that briar patch, says he. I ain't got no string, says Brer Fox, says he, and now I speck I had to drown you, says he. Oh, drown me dis as deep as you please, Brer Fox, says Brer Rabbit, says he. But do don't fling me in that briar patch, says he. There ain't no water nigh, says Brer Fox, says he, and now I speck I had to skin you, says he. Skin me, Brer Fox, says Brer Rabbit, says he. Snatch out my eyeballs, tear out my ears by the roots, and cut off my legs, says he. But do please, Brer Fox, don't fling me in the briar patch, says he. Course Brer Fox want to hurt Brer Rabbit bad as he can. So he caught him by the behind legs and slung him right in the middle of the briar patch. There was a considerable flutter where Brer Rabbit struck the bushes, and Brer Fox sort of hang round for to see what was gwine to happen. By and by, he hear somebody call him, and way up the hill, 
he see Brer Rabbit sitting cross-legged on a chinkapin log, combing the pitch out of his hair with a chip. Then Brer Fox know that he been swap off mighty bad. Brer Rabbit was bleased for to fling back some of his sass, and he hollered out, Bread and bone in the briar patch, Brer Fox. Bread and bone in the briar patch. And with that, he skip out just as lively as a cricket in the embers. End of How Mr. Rabbit Was Too Sharp for Mr. Fox. Chapter 4 of Uncle Remus and Friends, 17 Stories by Joel Chandler Harris. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Story of the Deluge and How It Came About One time, said Uncle Remus, adjusting his spectacles so as to be able to see how to thread a large darning needle with which he was patching his coat. One time, we back yonder, for you was born, honey, and four Mars John and Miss Sally was borned, we back yonder, for any of us was borned, the animals and the creeters sort a lectionnaire round mong themselves, till at last they greed for to have a assembly. In them days, continued the old man, observing a look of incredulity on the little boy's face, in them days, creeters had lots more sense than they got now. Let alone that, they had sense same like folk. It was touch and go with em too, man, and when they make up their minds what had to be done, twain more than mentioned for it was done. Well, they lifted that they had a whole assembly for to sort of straighten out matters and hear the complaints, and when the day come, they was on hand. The lion he was dar, cause he was the king, and he had to be there. The rhinoceros horse he was dar, and the elephant he was dar, and the camels and the cows, and plumb down to the crawfishes they was dar. They was all dar. And when the lion shook his mane and took his seat in the big cheer, then the assembly begun for to commence. What did they do, Uncle Remus? asked the little boy. I can't scarcely call to mind exactly what they did do, but they spoke speeches and hollered and cussed and flung the language round, just like when your daddy was going to run for the legislature and got left. Howsomever, they ranged for fares and splained the business. By and by, while they was sputin' longer one another, the elephant tromped on one of the crawfishes. Cause when dat creeter put his foot down, <laughs> whatsomever's under dar was bound for to be squished, and dey wasn't enough of dat crawfish left to tell dat he'd been dar. Dis make de other crawfishes mighty mad, and dey sort of swarmed together and drawed up a kind of preamble with some wherefores in it and read her out in the assembly. But bless gracious, such a racket was gwine on, but that nobody ain't hear it, exceptin maybe the mud turtle and the spring lizard, and their influence was powerful lacking. By and by, while the unicorn was sputin with the lion, and while the hyena was a laughin to hisself, the elephant squashed another one of the crawfishes, and a little mo and he'd a ruined the mud turtle. Then the crawfishes, what day was left of em, swarmed together and drawed up another preamble with some mowware foals, and they might as well a sung old Dan Tucker to a hurricane. The other creeters was too busy with the fussin' 
for to spond unto the crawfishes. So there they was, the crawfishes, and they didn't know what minute was gwine to be the next. And they kept on getting madder and madder and skeeter and skeeter, twill by and by they gun to wink at the mud turtle and the spring lizard, and then they bowed little holes in the ground and went down out of sight. Who did, Uncle Remus? asked the little boy. De crawfishes, honey. They bowed into the ground and kept on bowing twill they loosed the fountains of the earth. And the water squirt out and riz higher and higher till the hills was covered, and the creeters was all drowned, and all because they let on amongst themselves that they was bigger than the crawfishes. Then the old man blew the ashes from a smoking yam and proceeded to remove the peeling. Where was the ark, Uncle Remus? the little boy inquired presently. Which ark's that? asked the old man, in a tone of well-feigned curiosity. "'Noah's Ark,' replied the child. "'Don't you pester wid old man Noah, honey. I bound he took care of that ark. That's what he was there for, and that's what he done. Leastways, that's what they tells me. But don't you bother longer that ark, cepin' your old mammy fetches it up. They might have been two deluges, and then again they mortened. And if there was any ark in this year what the crawfishes brung on, I ain't heard tell on it. And when they ain't no arks round, I ain't got no time for to make em up and put em in dar. It's getting your bedtime, honey. End of The Story of the Deluge and How It Came About Chapter 5 of Uncle Remus and Friends, 17 Stories by Joel Chandler Harris this LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Why Mr. Possum Loves Peace One night, said Uncle Remus, taking Miss Sally's little boy on his knee and stroking the child's hair thoughtfully and caressingly, one night Brer Possum called by for Brer Coon, according to agreement, and at a gobbling up a dish of fried greens and smoking a cigar, they rambled forth for to see how the balance of the settlement was getting long. Brer Coon, he was one of these yer natural paces, and he racked long same as Mars John's bay pony. And Brer Possum, he went in a hand gallop, and they got over a heap of ground, man. Brer Possum, he got his belly full of simmons, and Brer Coon, he scoop up abundance of frogs and tadpoles. They amble long, they did, just as sociable as a basket of kittens. Twill by and by they hear Mr. Dog talking to himself way off in the woods. Supposing he runs up on us, Brer Possum, what you gwine to do? Says Brer Coon, says he. Brer Possum sort of laugh round the corners of his mouth. Oh, if he come, Brer Coon, I'm gwine to stand by you, says Brer Possum. What you gwine to do, says he. Who, me? says Brer Coon. If he run on to me, I'll lay I give him one twist, says he. Did the dog come? asked the little boy. Go away, honey, responded the old man in an impressive tone. Go away, Mr. Dog. He come and he come a-zoomin', and he ain't wait for to say how to neither. He just sails into the two of em. The very first pass he make, Brer Possum fetch a grin from year to year and keel over like he was dead. 
Then Mr. Dog, he sail into Brook Coon, and right dyers where he drop his money purse, cause Brook Coon was cut out for that kind of business, and he fairly wipe up the face of the earth with him. You better believe that when Mr. Dog got a chance to make hisself scarce, he took it, and what there was left of em went ski-daddling through the woods like it was shot out in a musket. And Bruh Coon, he sort of lick his clothes into shape and rack off, and Bruh Possum, he lay down like he was dead, twill by and by he raise up sort of keer for like, and when he find the coast clear, he scramble up and scamp off like something was out of him. Here Uncle Remus paused long enough to pick up a live coal of fire in his fingers, transfer it to the palm of his hand, and thence to his clay pipe, which he had been filling, a proceeding that was viewed by the little boy with undisguised admiration. The old man then proceeded, Next time Brer Possum met Brer Coon, Brer Coon foos to spawn to his howdy, and this made Brer Possum feel mighty bad, seeing as how they used to make so many scursions together. What make you hold your head so high, Brer Coon? says Brer Possum, says he. I ain't runnin' with cowards these days, says Brer Coon. When I wants you, I send for you, says he. Then Brer Possum get mighty mad. Who's any coward, says he. You is, says Brer Coon, that's who. I ain't associatin' with them what lays down on the ground and plays dead when there's a free fight goin' on, says he. Then Brer Possum grin and laugh fit to kill hisself. Law, Brer Coon, you don't speck I done dat cause I was feared, did you? says he. Why, I want no more feared than you is this minute. What was they for to be scared on? says he. I knowed you'd get away with Mr. Dog if I didn't. And I just lay there watchin' you shake him, waitin' for to put in when the time come, says he. Brer Coon, turn up his nose. That's a mighty likely tale, says he, when Mr. Dog ain't more'n touch you, for you keel over and lay down stiff, says he. That's just what I was gwine to tell you about, says Brer Possum, says he. I want no more scared than you is right now. And I was fixin' for to give Mr. Dog a sample of my jaw, says he, but I'm the most ticklish chap what you ever laid eyes on, and no sooner did Mr. Dog put his nose down yer among my ribs than I got to laughin', and I laughed till I ain't had no use of my limbs, says he, and it's a mussy unto Mr. Dog that I was ticklish, cause a little mo, and I'd a et him up says he. I don't mind fightin', Bracoon. No more than you does, says he. But I declare to gracious, if I can stand ticklin', get me in a row where there ain't no ticklin' loud, and I'm your man, says he. And down to this day, continued Uncle Remus, watching the smoke from his pipe curl upward over the little boy's head, down to this day, Brer Possum's bound to surrender when you titch him in the short ribs and he'll laugh if he knows he's going to be smashed for it. End of Why Mr. Possum Loves Peace Chapter 6 of Uncle Remus and Friends, 17 Stories by Joel Chandler Harris. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Mr. Rabbit Grossly Deceives Mr. Fox 
One evening, when the little boy whose nights with Uncle Remus were as entertaining as those Arabian ones of blessed memory, had finished supper and hurried out to sit with his venerable patron, he found the old man in great glee. Indeed, Uncle Remus was talking and laughing to himself at such a rate that the little boy was afraid he had company. The truth is, Uncle Remus had heard the child coming, and when the rosy-cheeked chap put his head in at the door was engaged in a monologue, the burden of which seemed to be, "'Oh, Molly Ha, what you doin' dar, sittin' in the corner smokin' your cigar?' As a matter of course, this vague allusion reminded the little boy of the fact that the wicked fox was still in pursuit of the rabbit and he immediately put his curiosity in the shape of a question. Uncle Remus, did the rabbit have to go clean away when he got loose from the tar-baby? Bless gracious, honey, dat he didn't. Who, him? <laughs> you don't know nothing tall about Bruh Rabbit, if dat's the way you puttin' him down. What he gwine away for? He mought a stayed sort of close twill the pitch rub off in his heart. But twa'n't many days, for he was lopin' up and down the neighborhood same as ever, and I don't know if he wasn't more sassier than before. Seems like the tale about how he got mixed up with the tar baby got round amongst the neighbors, leastways Miss Meadows and the gals got wind of it, and the next time Bruh Rabbit paid him a visit, Miss Meadows tackled him about it, and the gals sot up a monstrous gigglement. Bruh Rabbit. He sot up just as cool as the cowcumber he did, and let him run on. Who is Miss Meadows, Uncle Remus? inquired the little boy. Don't ax me, honey. She was in the tail. Miss Meadows and the gals was in the tail I give you, like it were gun to me. Bruh Rabbit, he sot there he did, sort of lamb-like, and then by and by, he cross his legs he did, and wink his eyes slow, and up and say, says he, Ladies, Bruh Fox was my daddy's riding horse for thirty year, maybe more, but thirty year dat I knows un, says he. And then he paid him his specs and tip his beaver, and march off he did, just as stiff and stuck up as a fire stick. Next day Bruh Fox come a-callin', and when he gun for to laugh about Bruh Rabbit, Miss Meadows and the gals, Day ups and tells him about what Bruh Rabbit say. Then Bruh Fox grid his tushy show nuff he did, and he looked mighty dumpy, but when he rise for to go he up and say, says he, Ladies, I ain't sputin' what you say, but I'll make Bruh Rabbit chaw up his words and spit em out right yer where you can see em, says he, and with that off Bruh Fox put. And when he got in the big road, he shook the dew off in his tail, and made a straight shoot for Bro Rabbit's house. When he got dar, Bro Rabbit was speckin' of him, and the doe was shut fast. Bro Fox knock, nobody ain't answer. Bro Fox knock, nobody answer. Then he knock again, blam, blam. Then Bro Rabbit holler out mighty weak, "Is that you, Bro Fox?" I want you to run and fetch the doctor. That beta poosley what I et this morning is getting way with me. Do please, Bruh Fox, run quick, says Bruh Rabbit, says he. 
"'I come out of you, Brer Rabbit,' says Brer Fox, says he. "'There's going to be a party up in Miss Meadows,' says he. "'All the gals will be there, and I promised that I'd fetch you. "'The gals, they loud that hit wouldn't be no party cept'n I fought you,' says Brer Fox, says he. "'Den Brer Rabbit say he was too sick, and Brer Fox say he wasn't. "'And dar they had it up and down, sputin' and contendin'. "'Brer Rabbit say he can't walk.' Brer Fox say he told him. Brer Rabbit say how? Brer Fox say in his arms. Brer Rabbit say he drop him. Brer Fox allow he won't. By and by, Brer Rabbit say he go if Brer Fox told him on his back. Brer Fox say he would. Brer Rabbit say he can't ride without a saddle. Brer Fox say he get the saddle. Brer Rabbit say he can't sit in saddle lest he have bridle for the hole by. Brer Fox say he get the bridle. Brer Rabbit say he can't ride without blind bridle, cause Brer Fox be shine at stumps along the road and fling him off. Brer Fox say he get blind bridle. Then Brer Rabbit say he go. Then Brer Fox say he ride Brer Rabbit most up to Miss Meadows, and then he could get down and walk the balance of the way. Brer Rabbit greed. And then Brer Fox leapt out out of the saddle and bridle. Course Brer Rabbit knowed the game that Brer Fox was fixin' for to play, and he determined for to outdo him. And by the time he comb his hair and twist his moustache and sort of rig up, yer come Brer Fox saddle and bridle on and lookin' as pert as a circus pony. He trot up to the door and stand there pawing the ground and chomping the bit same like show enough horse. And Brer Rabbit he mount he did, and they amble off. Brer Fox can't see behind with the blind bridle on, but by and by he feel Brer Rabbit raise one of his foots. What you doing now, Brer Rabbit? says he. Shortening the left stirrup, Brer Fox says he. By and by, Brer Rabbit raised the other foot. What you doin' now, Brer Rabbit? says he. Pullin' down my pants, Brer Fox, says he. All this time, bless gracious honey, Brer Rabbit was puttin' on his spurs. And when they got close to Miss Meadows, where Brer Rabbit was to get off, and Brer Fox made a motion for to stand still, Brer Rabbit slapped the spurs into Brer Fox's flanks, and you better believe he got over ground. When they got to the house, Miss Meadows and all the gals was sittin' on the pizza. Instead of stoppin' at the gate, Brer Rabbit rid on by, he did, and then come gallopin' down the road and up to the horse-rack, which he hitched Brer Fox at, and then he saunter into the house, he did, and shake hands with the gals, and set dar smokin' his cigar same as a town man. By and by he drew a long puff, and then let hit out in the cloud, and square hisself back and holler out he did. Ladies, ain't I done tell you Brer Fox was the riding horse for our family? He sort of losin' his gait now, but I spec I can fetch him all right in a month or so, says he. And then Brer Rabbit sort of grin he did, and the gals giggle, and Miss Meadows, she prays up the pony, and dar was Brer Fox, Hitch fast to the rack and couldn't help hisself. Is that all, Uncle Remus? asked the little boy as the old man paused. 
That ain't all, honey, but twon't do for to give out too much cloth for to cut one power pants, replied the old man sententiously. End of Mr. Rabbit Grossly Deceives Mr. Fox Chapter 7 of Uncle Remus and Friends, 17 Stories by Joel Chandler Harris. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Mr. Fox is Again Victimized When Miss Sally's little boy went to Uncle Remus the next night to hear the conclusion of the adventure in which the rabbit made a riding horse of the fox to the great enjoyment and gratification of Miss Meadows and the girls, he found the old man in a bad humor. "'I ain't tellin' no tales to bad chillins,' said Uncle Remus curtly. "'But, Uncle Remus, I ain't been bad,' said the little boy plaintively. "'Who dat chunkin' dem chickens dis mornin'? Who dat knockin' de folks' eyes wid dat yellow mamma sling dis fo' dinner? Who dat sickin' dat pinter puppy after my pig? Who dat scatterin' my engine sets?' Who dat flingin' rocks on top of my house, which a little mo and one of em would a drap sprang on my head? Well, now, Uncle Remus, I, I didn't go to do it. I, I won't do so any more. Please, Uncle Remus, if you will tell me, I'll run to the house and bring you some tea cakes. Seein' em's better than here tell of em, replied the old man, the severity of his countenance relaxing somewhat. But the little boy darted out and in a few minutes came running back with his pockets full and his hands full. <laughs> I lay your mammy a spishin' that the rat's stomachs is widenin' in this neighborhood when she come for to count up a cakes, said Uncle Remus, with a chuckle. <laughs> these, he continued, dividing the cakes up into two equal parts, these are tackle now, and these are lay by for Sunday. Let me see, uh, I most disremember whereabouts Brer Fox and Brer Rabbit was. The rabbit rode the fox to Miss Meadows and hitched him to the horse rack, said the little boy. Why, course he did, said Uncle Remus. Course he did. Well, uh, Brer Rabbit rid Brer Fox up, he did, and tied him to the rack, and then sat out in the pizza with the gals a smoking of his cigar with more proudness than what you most ever see. They talk and they sing, and they play on the piano. The gals did. Twill by and by it come time for Brer Rabbit for the big one, and he tell em all good-bye and strut out to the horse rack, same as he was the king of the patterollers. And then he mount Brer Fox and ride off. Brer Fox ain't sayin' nothin' tall. He just rack off, he did, and keep his mouth shut. And Brer Rabbit knowed that there was business cookin' up for him, and he feel monstrous skittish. Brer Fox amble on twill he get to the long lane, uh, out of sight of Miss Meadows' house. And then he turn loose, he did. He rip and he rare, and he cuss and he swear, he snort and he cavort. What was he doing that for, Uncle Remus? the little boy inquired. He was trying for to fling Brer Rabbit off in his back, bless yo soul. But he just might as well a wrestle with his own shadow. Every time he hump himself, Brer Rabbit slapped the spurs in him, and there they had it up and down. 
Bruh Fox fairly toe up the ground he did, and he jumped so high and he jumped so quick that he mighty nigh snatch his own tail off. They keep on gwine on this way, twill by and by Bruh Fox lay down and roll over he did, and this sort of unsettled Bruh Rabbit, but by the time Bruh Fox got back on his footses again, Bruh Rabbit was gwine through the underbrush more samer than a racehorse. Bruh Fox, he lit out out of him, he did, and he pushed Bruh Rabbit so close that it was about all he could do for to get in a hollow tree. Hold too little for Bruh Fox for to get in, so he had to lay down and rest and gather his mind together. While he was laying there, Mr. Buzzard come flapping long, and seeing Bruh Fox stretch out on the ground, he lit and viewed the premises. Then Mr. Buzzard sort of shake his wing, and put his head on one side, and say to himself, like, says he, Bruh Fox dead, and I so sorry, says he. No, I ain't dead nutter, said Bruh Fox, says he. I got old man Rabbit pent up in here, says he, and I'm gwine to get him this time if it takes till Christmas, says he. Then, at a mo' palaver, uh, Bruh Fox make a bargain that Mr. Buzzard was to watch the hole and keep Bruh Rabbit the whiles Bruh Fox went out of his axe. Then Bruh Fox he lope off, he did, and Mr. Buzzard he tuck up and stand at the hole. By and by, when all was get still, Bruh Rabbit sort of scrambled down close to the hole, he did, and holler out, Bruh Fox, oh, Bruh Fox! Bruh Fox done gone, and nobody said nothing. Then Bruh Rabbit squall out like he was mad, says he. You needn't talk lest you want em, says he. I knows you dar, and I ain't carin', says he. I just want to tell you that I wish mighty bad. Bruh Turkey Buzzard was here, says he. Then Mr. Buzzard try to talk like Bruh Fox. What you want with Mr. Buzzard, says he. Oh, nothing in tickler. Sep there's the fattest gray squirrel in here that I ever see, says he. And if Brud Turkey Buzzard was round, he'd be mighty glad for to get him, says he. How Mr. Buzzard gwine to get him? says the Buzzard, says he. Well, uh, there's a little hole round on the other side of the tree, says Brud Rabbit, says he. And if Brud Turkey Buzzard was here, so he could take up his stand there, says he. I drive that squirrel out, says he. Drive him out, then, says Mr. Buzzard, says he, and I'll see that Brud Turkey Buzzard get him, says he. Then Brud Rabbit kick up a racket like he was driving something out, and Mr. Buzzard, he rush round for to catch the squirrel, and Brud Rabbit, he dash out, he did, and he dis fly for home. At this point Uncle Remus took one of the tea cakes, held his head back, opened his mouth, dropped the cake in with a sudden motion, looked at the little boy with an expression of astonishment, and then closed his eyes and begun to chew, mumbling as an accompaniment the plaintive tune of Don't You Grieve Out of Me. The seance was over, but before the little boy went into the big house, Uncle Remus laid his rough hand tenderly on the child's shoulder and remarked in a confidential tone, Honey, you must get up soon Christmas morning and open the door, cause I'm going to bounce in on Mars John and Miss Sally, and holler Christmas gift 
just like I used to in during the farming days for the war, when old Miss was live. I bound they don't forget the old nigger netter. When you hear me callin' de pigs, honey, you just hop up and unfasten the door. I lay I'll give Mars John one of these yes surprise parties. End of Mr. Fox is Again Victimized Chapter 8 of Uncle Remus and Friends, 17 Stories by Joel Chandler Harris. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Mr. Fox is Outdone by Mr. Buzzard. If I don't run into no mistakes, remarked Uncle Remus, as the little boy came tripping in to see him after supper. Mr. Turkey Buzzard was a garden to holler where Brer Rabbit went in at and which he come out in. The silence of the little boy verified the old man's recollection. Well, Mr. Buzzard, he feel mighty lonesome, he did, but he done promised Brer Fox that he'd stay, and he determined for to sort of hang round and jine in the joke. And he ain't had a wait long, nutter, cause by and by, yer come Brer Fox gallopin' through the woods with his axe on his shoulder. How you spec Brer Rabbit's gettin' on, Brer Buzzard? says Brer Fox, says he. Oh, he in dar, says Brer Buzzard, says he. He mighty still, though, I spect he's taking a nap, says he. Then I'm just in time for to wake him up, says Brer Fox, says he. And with that, he flung off his coat and spit in his hands and grabbed the axe. Then he draw back and come down on the tree, pow! And every time he come down with the axe, pow! Mr. Buzzard, he step high, he did, and holler out, Oh, he in there, Brer Fox, he in there, show. Every time a chip would fly off, Mr. Buzzard, he jump and dodge and hold his head sideways, he would, and holler, He in there, Brer Fox, I done hit him, he in there, show. And Brer Fox, he lammed away at that holler tree, he did, like a man maulin' rails. Twill by and by, after he done got the tree most cut true, he stopped for to catch his breath, and he seed Mr. Buzzard laughing behind his back, he did. And right then and there, without gwine any furder, Brer Fox, he smelt a rat. But Mr. Buzzard, he kept on hollering. He in there, Brer Fox, he in there, show I done seed him. Then Brer Fox, he make like he peepin' up to holler, and he says, says he, oh, Run ya, Brer Buzzard, and look if this ain't Brer Rabbit's foot hangin' down ya. And Mr. Buzzard, he come steppin' up, he did, same as if he were treadin' on Kirklebuzz, and he stick his head in the hole, and no sooner did he done that than Brer Fox grab him. Mr. Buzzard flap his wings and scramble round right smartly, he did, but twa'n't no use. Brer Fox had the vantage of the grip, he did, and he held him right down to the ground. Then Mr. Buzzard squall out, says he, let me alone, Brer Fox. Turn me loose, says he. Brer Rabbit'll get out. You're getting close at him, says he, and eleven more licks'll fetch him, says he. I'm nigher to you, Brer Buzzard, says Brer Fox, says he, than I'll be to Brer Rabbit this day, says he. What you fool me for, says he. Let me alone, Brer Fox, says Mr. Buzzard, says he. My old woman waiting for me. Brer Rabbit in dar, says he. Dow's a bunch of his fur on that black bear bush, says Brer Fox, says he, and that ain't the way he come, says he. 
Den Mr. Buzzard up and tell Brer Fox how twas, and he loud, Mr. Buzzard did, that Brer Rabbit was the low-downest what's-his-name what he ever run up with. Then Brer Fox say, says he, "'That's neither here nor there, Brer Buzzard,' says he. "'I left you for to watch this here hole, and I left Brer Rabbit in there. I comes back, and I finds you at the hole, and Brer Rabbit ain't in there,' says he. I'm going to make you pay for it. I done been tampered with twill plumb down to the sapsuckle set on a log and sassy me. I'm going to fling you in the brush heap and burn you up, says he. If you fling me in the fire, Brer Fox, I'll fly away, says Mr. Buzzard, says he. Well, then, I'll settle your hash right now, says Brer Fox, says he. And with that, he grabbed Mr. Buzzard by the tail he did, and make for to dash him gin the ground. But just about that time, the tail feathers come out, and Mr. Buzzard sail off like one of these here balloons, and as he rise, he holler back, You give me good start, Brer Fox, says he, and Brer Fox sot there watch him fly out of sight. But what became of the rabbit, Uncle Remus? asked the little boy. Don't you pest along a Brer Rabbit, honey, and don't you fret bout him. You hear where he went and how he come out. This year cold snap rassles with my bones now, continued the old man, putting on his hat and picking up his walking stick. It rassles with me monstrous, and I gotta rack round and see if I can run up against some Christmas leavings. End of Mr. Fox is Outdone by Mr. Buzzard Chapter 9 of Uncle Remus and Friends, 17 Stories by Joel Chandler Harris. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Miss Cow Falls a Victim to Mr. Rabbit Uncle Remus, said the little boy, what became of the rabbit after he fooled the buzzard and got out of the hollow tree? Who, Brer Rabbit? Bless your soul, honey. <laughs> Brer Rabbit went skipping long home, he did. Just as sassy as a jay-bird at a spaz nest. He went gallopin' long, he did, but he feel mighty fired out and stiffened his joints, and he was mighty nigh dead for something for the drink, and by and by, when he got most home, he spied old Miss Cow feedin' round in the field, he did, and he termined for to try his hand with her. Brer Rabbit know mighty well that Miss Cow won't give him no milk, cause she done fuse him more than once, and when his old woman was sick at that. But never mind that. Brer Rabbit sort of dance up alongside the fence, he did, and holler out, Howdy, sis cow, says Brer Rabbit, says he. Well, howdy, Brer Rabbit, says Miss Cow, says she. How you find yourself these days, sis cow, says Brer Rabbit, says he. I'm sort of tolerable, Brer Rabbit, how you come on, says Miss Cow, says she. Oh, I'm tolerable myself, says Cow, sort of lingering twix a bark and a breakdown, says Brer Rabbit, says he. How yo folks, Brer Rabbit, says Miss Cow, says she. Dear this middlin', says Cow, how Brer Bull gettin' on, says Brer Rabbit, says he. Sort of so-so, says Miss Cow, says she. "'There's some mighty nice simmons up this tree,' says Cow, says Brer Rabbit, says he. "'And I'd like mighty well for to have some of em, says he. "'How you gwine to get em, Brer Rabbit?' says she. 
I allowed maybe that I might ax you for to butt gin the tree and shake em down, sis cow, says Brer Rabbit, says he. Course, Miss Cow don't want to discommodate Brer Rabbit, and she marched up to the seven tree she did, and hit it a rap with her horns, blam. Now then, continued Uncle Remus, tearing off the corner of a plug of tobacco and cramming it into his mouth, now then, dem simmons was green as grass, and nary one of them drap. Then Miss Cow butt the tree, blim. Nair simmon drop. Then Miss Cow sort of back off little and run up again the tree, blap. No simmons never drap. Then Miss Cow back off a little further she did, and heist her tail on her back, and come again the tree, cup lamb. And she come so fast, and she come so hard, twill one of her horns went sprang to the tree, and there she was. She can't go forwards, and she can't go backwards. This exactly what Brer Rabbit waitin' for, and he no sooner seed old Miss Cow all fastened up, than he jump up, he did, and cut the pigeon wing. Come help me out, Brer Rabbit, says Miss Cow, says she. I can't climb, says Cow, says Brer Rabbit, says he, but I'll run and tell Brer Bull, says he, and with that, Brer Rabbit put out for home, and twa'n't long, for here he come with his old woman and all his chillins, and the last one of the family was totin' the pail. The big uns had big pails, and the little uns had little pails, and they all surrounded old Miss Cow, they did, and you hear me, honey, they milked a dry. The old uns milked, and the young uns milked, and then when they done got enough, Brer Rabbit he up and say, says he, I wish you might well, sis cow. I loud beings how that you had a sort of camp out all night, that I'd better come along and swag your bag, says he. Do which, Uncle Remus? asked the little boy. Go along, honey. Swag your bag. When cows don't get milked, the bag swells, and you can hear em a moanin' and a bellerin' just like they was gettin' herded. That's what Brer Rabbit done. He assembled his family, he did. And he swaggied old Miss Cow's bag. Miss Cow, she stood dar, she did, and she study and study and strive for to break loose. But the horn done been jam in the tree so tight that twas way fo' day in the morning for she loose it. Anyhow, it was in during of the night, and atter she get loose, she sort of gaze round, she did. For to justify her stomach, she loud old Miss Cow did, that Brer Rabbit be hoppin' long that way for to see how she gettin' on, and she took and lay and trap for him, and dust about sunrise, what did old Miss Cow do but march up to the cemetery and stick a horn back in the hole? <laughs> but bless your soul, honey, while she was croppin' the grass, she took one mouthful too many, cause when she hitch on to the cemetery again, Brer Rabbit was sittin' in the fence corner watchin' her. Then Brer Rabbit he says to hisself, Hello, says he, what dis you gwine on now? Hold your horses, sis cow, twill you hear me comin', says he. And then he crop off down the fence, Brer Rabbit did, and by and by here he come, lippity-clippity, clippity-lippity, just a-sailin' down the big road. Mornin', sis cow, says Brer Rabbit, says he. How you come on this morning? says he. Polly, Brer Rabbit, Polly, says Miss Cow, says she. I ain't had no rest all night, says she. 
I can't pull loose, says she. But if you'll come and catch hold of my tail, Brer Rabbit, says she, I reckon maybe I can fetch my horn out, says she. Then Brer Rabbit, he come up little closer, but he ain't getting too close. I speck I'm nigh enough, sis cow, says Brer Rabbit, says he. I'm a mighty puny man, and I might get trampled, says he. You do the pullin', sis cow, says he, and I'll do the gruntin', says he. Then Miss Cow, she pull out her horn, she did, and took at a Brer Rabbit, and down the big road they had it. Brer Rabbit with his ears laid back, and Miss Cow with her head down and a tail curled. Brer Rabbit kept on gaining, and by and by, he dart in a briar patch, and by the time Miss Cow come long, he had his head sticking out, and his eyes looked big as Miss Sally's chanty sassers. Hey, oh, sis Cow, where you gwine? says Brer Rabbit, says he. Howdy, Brer Big Eyes, says Miss Cow, says she. Is you see Brer Rabbit go by? He does this minute pass, says Brer Rabbit, says he. And he looked mighty sick, says he. And with that, Miss Cow took down the road like the dogs was out of her. And Brer Rabbit, he just lay down in the briar patch and rolled and laughed till his sides hurted him. He bleased to laugh, fox out of him, buzzard out of him, and cow out of him, <laughs> and they ain't caught him yet. End of Miss Cow Falls a Victim to Mr. Rabbit Chapter 10 of Uncle Remus and Friends, 17 Stories by Joel Chandler Harris This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Mr. Terrapin Appears Upon the Scene Miss Sally's little boy, again occupying the anxious position of auditor, Uncle Remus took the shovel and put the noses and the chunks together, as he expressed it, and then began, One day, uh, at a siscow done run past her own shutter trying for to catch him, Brer Rabbit took and loud that he was going to drop in and see Miss Meadows and the gals, and he got out his piece of looking-glass, and primp up he did, and sot out. Gwine cantering along the road, who should Brer Rabbit run up with but old Brer Terrapin, the same old one and sixpence. Brer Rabbit stop he did, and rap on the roof of Brer Terrapin house. On the roof of his house, Uncle Remus? interrupted the little boy. Co's honey, Brer Terrapin carry his house with him. Rain or shine, hot or cold, strike up at old Brer Terrapin when you will and whilst you may, and where you find him, there you'll find his shanty. It's just like I tell you. So then, Brer Rabbit he rap on the roof of Brer Terrapin's house, he did, and ask, was he in? And Brer Terrapin loud that he was. And then Brer Rabbit he ax him howdy, and then Brer Terrapin he likewise spawned howdy. And then Brer Rabbit he say where was Brer Terrapin gwine, and Brer Terrapin he say which he wa'n't gwine nowhere scarcely. Then Brer Rabbit low he was on his way for to see Miss Meadows and the gals, and he ax Brer Terrapin if he won't join in and go along, and Brer Terrapin spawned he don't care if he do, and then they sot out. They had plenty of time for confabbing along the wee. <laughs> But by and by they got dar, and Miss Meadows and de gals, they come to the do they did and ax em in, and in they went. 
When they got in, Brer Terrapin was so flat-footed that he was too low on the flow, and he weren't high enough in a cheer. But while they was all scrambling round trying for to get Brer Terrapin a cheer, Brer Rabbit, he pick him up and put him on the shelf where the water bucket sat, and old Brer Terrapin, he lay back up there he did just as proud as a nigger with a cook possum. Course, the talk fell on Brer Fox, and Miss Meadows and the gals made a great miration about what a gaily riding horse Brer Fox was, and they made lots of fun and laugh and giggle, same like gals does these days. Brer Rabbit, he sot there in the chair, smoking his cigar, and he sot a clear his throat, and he say, says he, I'd a rid him over this morning, ladies, says he, but I rid him so hard yesterday that he went lame and off foreleg, and I speck I'll had to swap him off yet, says he. Then Brer Terrapin, he up and say, says he, Well, if you gwine to sell him, Brer Rabbit, says he, Sell him some as out in this neighborhood, cause he done been yer too long now, says he. No longer than day fo' yesterday, says he, Brer Fox passed me on the road, and what do you reckon he say, says he? Law, Brer Terrapin, says Miss Meadows, says she, you don't mean to say he cussed, says she, and then the gals held their fans up fo' their faces. Oh, no, madam, says Brer Terrapin, says he. He didn't cuss, but he hollered out, Hey, oh, stinkin' Jim, says he. Oh, my, you hear that, gals? says Miss Meadows, says she. Brer Fox called Brer Terrapin stinkin' Jim, says he. And then Miss Meadows and the gals make great wonderment how Brer Fox can talk that way by nice man like Brer Terrapin. But bless gracious, honey, while all this gwine on, Brer Fox was standin' at the back door with one year at the cat hole listenin'. Eavesdrappers don't hear no good of themselves, and the way Brer Fox was busted that day was a caution. By and by, Brer Fox stick his head in the door and holler out, "Good evening, folks. I wish you mighty well," says he. And with that, he made a dash for Brer Rabbit. But Miss Meadows and the gals, they holler and squall. They did, and Brer Terrapin, he got to scrambling round up there on the shelf, and off he come, and blip, he took Brer Fox on the back of the head. This sort of stunted Brer Fox, and when he got his members, the most he seed was a pot of greens turned over in the fireplace, and a broke cheer. Brer Rabbit was gone, and Brer Terrapin was gone, and Miss Meadows and the gals was gone. Where did the rabbit go, Uncle Remus? The little boy asked after a pause. Bless your soul, honey. Brer Rabbit, he skinned up the chimney. That's what turned the pot of greens over. Brer Terrapin, he crope under the bed he did and got behind the clothes chest, and Miss Meadows and the gals, they run out in the yard. Brer Fox, he sort of look round and feel of the back of his head, where Brer Terrapin lit, but he don't see no sign of Brer Rabbit. But the smoke and the ashes gwine up the chimney got the best of Brer Rabbit, and by and by he sneezed. Coo-choo! Aha! says Brer Fox, says he. You a dar, is you? says he. Well, I'm gwine to spoke you out if it takes a month. You are mine this time, says he. Brer Rabbit ain't saying nothing. 
"'Ain't you coming down?' says Brer Fox, says he. Brer Rabbit ain't saying nothing. Then Brer Fox, he went out out of some wood, he did, and when he come back, he hear Brer Rabbit laughing. "'What you laughing at, Brer Rabbit?' says Brer Fox, says he. <laughs> "'Can't tell you, Brer Fox,' says Brer Rabbit, says he. "'Better tell,' Brer Rabbit, says Brer Fox, says he. "'There ain't nothing but a box of money. Somebody done gone left up here in a chink of the chimney.' says Brer Rabbit, says he. Don't believe you, says Brer Fox, says he. Look up and see, says Brer Rabbit, says he. And when Brer Fox look up, Brer Rabbit spit his eyes full of tobacco juice, he did. And Brer Fox, he make a break for the branch. And Brer Rabbit, he come down and told the ladies good-bye. How you get him off, Brer Rabbit, says Miss Meadows, says she. Who, me? says Brer Rabbit, says he. Why, I just took and told him that if he didn't go long home and stop playing his pranks on speckable folks, that I'd take him out and thrash him, says he. And what became of the terrapin? asked the little boy. Oh, well, then, exclaimed the old man, chillins can't expect to know all about everything for they get some rest. Them eyelids of yourn want to be propped with straws this minute. End of Mr. Terrapin Appears Upon the Scene Chapter 11 of Uncle Remus and Friends, 17 Stories by Joel Chandler Harris This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Mr. Wolf Makes a Failure I lay yo ma got company, said Uncle Remus, as the little boy entered the old man's door with a huge piece of mince pie in his hand. And if she ain't got company, then she done gone and dropped the cupboard key summers, where you done run up with it. Well, I saw the pie lying there, Uncle Remus, and I just thought I'd fetch it out to you. To be sure, honey, replied the old man, regarding the child with admiration. To be sure, honey, uh, that changes matters. Christmas doings is out of date, and, and they ain't got no business lying round loose. This year pie, Uncle Remus continued, holding it up and measuring it with an experienced eye, will give me a stretch for the pursue on out of Brer Fox and Brer Rabbit and other creeters what they roped in long with em. Here the old man paused and proceeded to demolish the pie, a feat accomplished in a very short time. Then he wiped the crumbs from his beard and began. Brer Fox feels so bad, and he gets so mad about Brer Rabbit that he don't know what to do, and he look mighty downhearted. By and by, one day, whiles he was gwine along the road, old Brer Wolf came up with him. When they done howdyin' and axin' out of one another's family connection, Brer Wolf he low he did that there was something wrong with Brer Fox, and Brer Fox he lowed there weren't and he went on and laugh and make great to do, cause Brer Wolf looked like he spishin' something. But Brer Wolf he got mighty long head, and he sort of broach about Brer Rabbit's carryings on, cause the way that Brer Rabbit seed Brer Fox done got to be talk of the neighborhood. Then Brer Fox and Brer Wolf they sort of plabbered on, they did, twill by and by Brer Wolf he up and said that he done got plan fixed for to trap Brer Rabbit. Then Brer Fox say how. Then Brer Wolf up and tell him that the way for to get the trap on Brer Rabbit was to get him in Brer Fox's house. 
Brer Fox done know Brer Rabbit of old, and he know dat sort of game done war to a frazzle, but Brer Wolf he talk mighty swatin'. How you gwine to get him dar? asked Brer Fox, says he. Fool him dar, says Brer Wolf, says he. Who gwine do de foolin? says Brer Fox, says he. I'll do de foolin, says Brer Wolf, says he, if you do de gamin, says he. How you gwine do it? says Brer Fox, says he. You run long home and get on de bed and make like you did, and don't you say nothin twill Brer Rabbit come and put his hands onto you, says Brer Wolf, says he. And if we don't get him for supper, Joe's dead and Sal's a widder, says he. This look like a mighty nice game, and Brer Fox greed. So then he amble off home, and Brer Wolf he march off to Brer Rabbit house. When he got dar, it looked like nobody at home, but Brer Wolf he walk up and knock on the door, blam, blam, nobody come. Then he lam a loose and knock again, blam, blam. Who there? says Brer Rabbit, says he. Friend, says Brer Wolf. Too many friends spiles de dinner, says Brer Rabbit, says he. Which un's dis, says he. I fetch bad news, Brer Rabbit, says Brer Wolf, says he. Bad news is soon told, says Brer Rabbit, says he. By this time, Brer Rabbit done come to the door with his head tied up in a red handkerchief. Brer Fox died this morning, says Brer Wolf, says he. Where your morning gal, Brer Wolf, says Brer Rabbit, says he. Gwine atter it now, says Brer Wolf, says he. I just called by for to bring the news. I went down to Brer Fox house little bit go. And dar I found him stiff, says he. Then Brer Wolf lobe off. Brer Rabbit sot down and scratch his head, he did, and by and by he says to hisself that he believe he sort of dropped round by Brer Fox house for to see how the land lay. No sooner said and done. Up he jumped and out he went. When Brer Rabbit got close to Brer Fox house, all looked lonesome. Then he went up nigher. Nothing stirred. Then he look in, and dar lay Brer Fox stretch out on the bed, just as big as life. Then Brer Rabbit make like he talking to hisself. Nobody round for to look at a Brer Fox. Not even Brer Turkey Buzzard ain't come to the funeral, says he. I hope Brer Fox ain't dead, but I speck he is, says he. Even down to Brer Wolf done gone and left him. It's the busy season with me, but I'll set up with him. He seems like he did, yet he mayn't be, says Brer Rabbit, says he. When a man go to see dead folks, dead folks allers raises up the behind leg and hollers wahoo, says he. Brer Fox, he lay still. Then Brer Rabbit, he talk a little louder. Mighty funny, Brer Fox look like he did, yet he don't do like he did. Dead folks highest up the behind leg and hollers wahoo, when a man comes to see him, says Brer Rabbit, says he. Show sure enough, Brer Fox lift up his foot and holler wahoo, and Brer Rabbit, he tear out the house like the dogs was out of him. Brer Wolf mighty smart, but next time you hear from him, honey, he'll be in trouble. You just hold your breath and wait. End of Mr. Wolf Makes a Failure Chapter 12 of Uncle Remus and Friends, 17 Stories by Joel Chandler Harris. 
This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Mr. Fox Tackles Old Man Terrapin One day, said Uncle Remus, sharpening his knife on the palm of his hand, one day Bruh Fox strike up with Bruh Terrapin right in the middle of the big road. Bruh Terrapin done heerd him coming, and he lowed to hisself that he sort of keep one eye open. Bruh Fox was monstrous polite, and he opened up the confab he did like he ain't see Bruh Terrapin since the last freshet. Hello, Bruh Terrapin, where you been this long come short? says Bruh Fox, says he. Lounging round, Bruh Fox, lounging round, says Bruh Terrapin. You don't look sprucey like you did, Bruh Terrapin, says Bruh Fox, says he. Lounging round and suffering, says Bruh Terrapin, says he. Then the talk sort of run on like this. What ails you, Bruh Terrapin? Your eye look mighty red, says Bruh Fox, says he. Law, Bruh Fox, you don't know what trouble is. You ain't been lounging round and suffering, says Bruh Terrapin, says he. Both eyes look red, and you look mighty weak, Bruh Terrapin, says Bruh Fox, says he. Law, <laughs> Bruh Fox, you don't know what trouble is, says Bruh Terrapin, says he. What ails you now, Bruh Terrapin, says Bruh Fox, says he. Took a walk the other day, and man come long and sought to feel the fire. Law, Bruh Fox, you don't know what trouble is, says Bruh Terrapin, says he. How do you get out the fire, Bruh Terrapin? says Bruh Fox, says he. Sought and took it, Bruh Fox, says Bruh Terrapin, says he. Sought and took it, and the smoke sift in my eye, and the fire scorched my back, says Bruh Terrapin, says he. Likewise, it burnt your tail off, says Bruh Fox, says he. Oh, no, dar's the tail, Bruh Fox, says Bruh Terrapin, says he. And with that, he uncurled his tail from under the shell, and no sooner did he do that than Bruh Fox grab it and hot out. Oh, yes, Bruh Terrapin, oh, yes. And you the man what lammed me on the head at Miss Meadows, is you? You are in with Bruh Rabbit, is you? Well, I'm gwine to out you. Bruh Terrapin beg and beg, but twa'n't no use. Bruh Fox done been fooled so much that he looked like he determined for to have Bruh Terrapin for good. Then Bruh Terrapin begged Bruh Fox not for to drown him, but Bruh Fox ain't making no promise. And then he begged Bruh Fox for to burn him, cause he done used to fire. But Bruh Fox don't say nothing. By and by, Bruh Fox dragged Bruh Terrapin off little ways below the spring house and souse him under the water. Then Bruh Terrapin began for to holler. Turn loose that stump root and catch hold of me, Bruh Fox, he holler back. I ain't got hold of no stump root, and I is got hold of you. Bruh Terrapin, he keep on hollering. Catch hold of me, I'm drowning, I'm drowning. Turn loose the stump root and catch hold of me. Show sure enough, Bruh Fox turned loose the tail, and Bruh Terrapin, he went down to the bottom, ka-plunkety-blink. No typographical combination or description could do justice to the guttural sonorousness, the peculiar intonation which Uncle Remus imparted to this combination. It was so peculiar, indeed, that the little boy asked, How did he go to the bottom, Uncle Remus? Kablunk-a-de-blink. Was he drowned, Uncle Remus? Who, 
Oh, man, Terrapin, is you drowned when your ma tucks you into bed? Well, no, replied the little boy dubiously. Oh, man, Terrapin was at home, I tell you, honey. Kablingity blunk. End of Mr. Fox Tackles Old Man Terrapin Chapter 13 of Uncle Remus and Friends, 17 Stories by Joel Chandler Harris. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Awful Fate of Mr. Wolf Uncle Remus was half-soling one of his shoes, and Miss Sally's little boy had been handling his awls, his hammers, and his knives to such an extent that the old man was compelled to assume a threatening attitude. But peace reigned again, and the little boy perched himself on a chair, watching Uncle Remus driving in pegs. "'Folks what's all those pestin' people, and bother and longer than what ain't darin', don't never come to no good end. There was Brer Wolf. Stead of mindin' of his own business, he had a takin' goin' partnerships with Brer Fox, and day was scarcely a minute in the day that he want out of Brer Rabbit. And he keep on, and he keep on, twill fust those you knowed, he got caught up with monsters bad. Goodness, Uncle Remus, I thought the wolf let the rabbit alone, after he tried to fool him about the fox being dead. Better let me tell this year my way. By and by, he'll be your bedtime, and Miss Sally'll be hollering out of you, and you'll be a wimplin' round. And then Mars John'll fetch up de rear with dat air strop what I made for him. The child laughed and playfully shook his fist in the simple, serious face of the venerable old darky, but said no more. Uncle Remus waited a while to be sure there was to be no other demonstration, and then proceeded. Brer Rabbit ain't see no peace whatsomever. He can't leave home, except Brer Wolf would make a raid and tote off some of the family. Brer Rabbit built him a straw house, and hit was tore down. Then he made a house out in pine tops, and dat went the same way. Then he made him a bark house, and dat was raided on. And every time he lose a house, he lose one of his chillins. Last, Brer Rabbit got mad, he did, and cussed, and then he went off, he did, and got some carpenters, and they built him a plank house with rock foundations. Out of that, he could have some peace and quietness. He could go out and pass the time of day with his neighbors, and come back and sit by the fire and smoke his pipe and read the newspapers, same like any man what got a family. He made a hole, he did, in the cellar, where the little rabbits could hide out when there was much of a racket in the neighborhood, and the latch of the front door cotch on the inside. Brer Wolf, he see how the land lay, he did, and he lay low. The little rabbits was mighty skittish, but it got so that cold chills ain't run up Brer Rabbit's back no more when he heard Brer Wolf go gallopin' by. By and by, one day, uh, when Brer Rabbit was fixin' for to call on Miss Coon, he heard a monstrous fuss and clatter up the big road, and most fo' he could fix his ears for to listen, Brer Wolf run in the door. The little rabbits, they went into their hole in the cellar, they did, like blowing out a candle. Brer Wolf was fairly covered with mud and mighty nigh out of wind. Oh, do pray save me, Brer Rabbit, says Brer Wolf, says he. 
Do please, Brer Rabbit. The dogs is at me, and they'll tar me up. Don't you hear em coming? Oh, do please save me, Brer Rabbit. Hide me summers where the dogs won't get me. No quicker said than done. Jump in that big chest there, Brer Wolf, says Brer Rabbit, says he. Jump in dar and make yourself at home. In jump Brer Wolf, down come the lid, and into the hasp went the hook, and dar Mr. Wolf was. Then Brer Rabbit went to the looking-glass, he did, and winked hisself, and then he drawed the rocking chair in front of the fire, and took a big chaw tobacco. Tobacco, Uncle Remus? asked the little boy incredulously. Rabbit tobacco, honey. You know dis your life everlasting what Miss Sally puts among the clothes in the trunk. Well, that's rabbit tobacco. Then Brer Rabbit sot dar a long time he did, turning his mind over and working his thinking machine. By and by he got up and sort of stir round. Then Brer Wolf opened up. Is the dogs all gone, Brer Rabbit? Seems like I hear one of em smelling round the chimney corner just now. Then Brer Rabbit get the kettle and fill it full of water and put it on the fire. What you doin' now, Brer Rabbit? I'm fixin' for to make you a nice cup of tea, Brer Wolf. Then Brer Rabbit went to the cupboard and get the gimlet and commence for the bow little holes in the chest lid. What you doin' now, Brer Rabbit? I'm bowin' little holes so you can get breath, Brer Wolf. Then Brer Rabbit went out and get some more wood and fling it on the fire. What you doin' now, Brer Rabbit? I'm a-chunkin' up the fire so you won't get cold, Brer Wolf. Then Brer Rabbit went down into the cellar and fotch out all his chillins. What you doin' now, Brer Rabbit? I'm tellin' my chillins what a nice man you is, Brer Wolf. And the chillins, they had to put their hands on their mouths for to keep from laughin'. Then Brer Rabbit, he got the kettle and commenced for to pour the hot water on the chest lid. What's that I hear, Brer Rabbit? You hear the wind a-blowin', Brer Wolf. Then the water began for to sift through. What's that I feel, Brer Rabbit? You feels the fleas a-bitin', Brer Wolf. They bitin' mighty hard, Brer Rabbit. Turn over on the other side, Brer Wolf. What's that I feel now, Brer Rabbit? Still you feel the fleas, Brer Wolf. They eat me up, Brer Rabbit. And them was the last words of Brer Wolf. "'Cause the scalding water done the business. "'Then Brer Rabbit call in his neighbors, he did, "'and they held the regular jubilee. "'And if you go to Brer Rabbit's house now, "'I don't know but what you'll find Brer Wolf's hide "'hanging in the back porch. "'And all because he was so busy with other folks' doings.'" End of The Awful Fate of Mr. Wolf Chapter 14 of Uncle Remus and Friends. Seventeen Stories by Joel Chandler Harris. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Mr. Fox and the Deceitful Frogs. When the little boy ran in to see Uncle Remus the night after he had told him of the awful fate of Brer Wolf, the only response to his greeting was, A doomerker gummerker. No explanation could convey an adequate idea of the intonation and pronunciation which Uncle Remus brought to bear upon this wonderful word. Those who can recall to mind the peculiar gurgling, jerking liquid sound made by pouring water from a large jug, 
or the sound produced by throwing several stones in rapid succession into a pond of deep water, may be able to form a very faint idea of the sound, but it cannot be reproduced in print. The little boy was astonished. What did you say, Uncle Remus? A doomer a doomer What is that? That's terrapin talk, that is. Bless your soul, honey, continued the old man, brightening up. When you get old as me, when you see what I sees and yell what I is, the creeters that you can't talk with will be mighty scarce. They will dat. There's a old gray rat what uses about here, and time at a time he comes out when you all done going to bed, and sets up dar in the corner and dozes, and me and him talks by the hour. And what that old rat don't know ain't down in the spelling book. Just now, when you run in and broke me up, I was fetching into my mind what Bruh Terrapin say to Bruh Fox when he turned him loose in the branch. What did he say, Uncle Remus? That's what he said. I do mucker Bruh Terrapin was at the bottom of the pond, and he talked back he did in bubbles. I do mucker Bruh Fox, he ain't saying nothing. But Bruh Bullfrog, sitting on the bank, he hear Bruh Terrapin, he did, and he holler back, jug room come doom jug room come doom then bruh frog holler out knee-deep knee-deep then old bruh bullfrog he holler back don't you believe him don't you believe him then the bubbles come up from bruh terrapin a doomer could come murker then bruh frog sing out waitin waitin then old bruh bullfrog talk through his hoarseness dare you find your brother dare you find your brother sure enough bruh fox look over the bank he did and there was no fox looking at him out of the water then he reach out for to shake hands and in he went heels overhead and bruh tarrapin bubble out a doomer was the fox drowned uncle remus asked the little boy he weren't exactly drowned honey replied the old man with an air of cautious reserve he did manage for to scramble out, but a little mo and a mud turtle would have got him, and then he'd have been made hash and world without end. End of Mr. Fox and the Deceitful Frogs. Chapter Fifteen of Uncle Remus and Friends, Seventeen Stories by Joel Chandler Harris. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Mr. Fox goes a-hunting, but Mr. Rabbit bags the game. At a bruh fox, hear about how bruh rabbit done bruh wolf, said Uncle Remus, scratching his head with the point of his awl. He low he did that. He better not be so brash, and he sort of let bruh rabbit alone. They was all time seeing one nutter, and bunnits of times bruh fox could a nabbed bruh rabbit. But every time he got the chance, his mind had sort of resume about Bruh Wolf, and he let Bruh Rabbit alone. By and by, they gun to get kind of familiars with one another, like they used to, and he got so Bruh Fox had call on Bruh Rabbit, and they'd set up and smoke their pipes they would, like no harsh feelings had ever rested twixt em. Last one day, Bruh Fox come long, all rig out, and ax Bruh Rabbit for to go hunting with him. But Bruh Rabbit, he sort of feel lazy, and he tell Bruh Fox that he got some other fish for to fry. Bruh Fox feel mighty sorry he did, but he say he believe he try his hand anyhow, 
and off he put. He was gone all day, and he had a monstrous streak of luck, Brer Fox did, and he bagged a side of game. By and by, toward the shank of the evening, Brer Rabbit sort of stretch hisself, he did, and allow it's most time for Brer Fox for to get long home. Then Brer Rabbit, he went and mounted a stump for to see if he could yell Brer Fox coming. He ain't been that long, twill show enough. Here come Brer Fox through the woods, singing like a nigger at a frolic. Brer Rabbit, he lipped down off in the stump he did, and lay down in the road, and made like he did. Brer Fox, he come long he did, and see Brer Rabbit layin' dar. He turned him over, he did, and zammin' him, and say, says he, This yer rabbit dead. He look like he been dead long time. He dead, but he mighta fat. He the fattest rabbit what I ever see, but he been dead too long. I feared to take him home, says he. Bruh Rabbit ain't sayin' nothin'. Bruh Fox, he sort of lick his chops, but he went on and left Bruh Rabbit layin' in the road. Dreckly he was out of sight, and Bruh Rabbit he jump up, he did, and run round through the woods and get before Bruh Fox again. Bruh Fox, he come up and dar lay Bruh Rabbit, apparently cold and stiff. Bruh Fox, he look at Bruh Rabbit, and he sort of study. At a while, he unslung his game bag, and say to himself, says he, This yell rabbit's gwine to waste. I'll just bout leave my game here, and I'll go back and get that other rabbit, and then I'll make folks believe that I'm old man hunter from Huntsville, says he. And with that, he drapped his game and loped back up the road, out of the other rabbit, and when he got out of sight, Oh, Brer Rabbit, he snatch up Brer Fox game and put out for home. Next time he see Brer Fox, he holler out, What you killed the other day, Brer Fox? says he. Then Brer Fox, he sort of comb his flank with his tongue and holler back, I caught your hand full of hard sense, Brer Rabbit, says he. Then old Brer Rabbit, he laugh he did, and up and spons, says he, if I'd a known you was out of dat, Brer Fox, I'd a loaned you some of mine, says he. End of Mr. Fox Goes a-Hunting, But Mr. Rabbit Bags the Game Chapter 16 of Uncle Remus and Friends, 17 Stories by Joel Chandler Harris This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Old Mr. Rabbit, he's a good fisherman. Brer Rabbit and Brer Fox was like some chillins what I knowsin', said Uncle Remus, regarding the little boy, who had come to hear another story, with an affectation of great solemnity. Both of em was allers out of one another, a prankin' and a pesterin' round. But Brer Rabbit did had some peace, cause Brer Fox done got skittish about puttin' the clamps on Brer Rabbit. One day, when Brer Rabbit and Brer Fox and Brer Coon and Brer Bar and a whole lot of em was clearin' up a new ground for the plant of roast in the patch, the sun gun to get sorta of hot, and Brer Rabbit he got tired, but he didn't let on, cause he feared the balance of em would call him lazy, and he kept on totin' off trash and pilin' up brush, twill by and by he holler out that he got a briar in his hand, and then he'd take and slip off, and hunt for cool place for the rest. At a while, he come across a well with a bucket hanging in it. 
That look cool, says Brer Rabbit, says he, and cool I spec she is. I just bout get in dar and take a nap. And with that, in he jump, he did. And he ain't no sooner fix hisself than the bucket gun to go down. Wasn't the rabbit scared, Uncle Remus? asked the little boy. Honey, there ain't no wusser scared a beast since the world began than dis year same Brer Rabbit. He fairly had a agor. He know where he come from, but he don't know where he gwine. Directly he feel the bucket hit the water, and there she sat. But Brer Rabbit, he kept mighty still, cause he dunno what minute gwine to be next. He just lay there and shook and shiver. Brer Fox always got one eye on Brer Rabbit, and when he slip off from the new ground, Brer Fox, he sneak out of him. He know Brer Rabbit was out of some project or nutter, and he took and crope off he did and watch him. Brer Fox see Brer Rabbit come to the well and stop, and then he see him jump in the bucket, and then, lo and behold, he see him go down out of sight. Brer Fox was the most astonished fox that you ever laid eyes on. He sot dire in the bushes and study and study, but he don't make no heads nor tails to this kind of business. Then he say to hisself, says he, Well, if this don't bang my times, says he, then Joe's dead and Sal's a widow. Right down there in that well, Brer Rabbit keep his money hid, and if tain't dat, then he done gone and skivered a gold mine. And if tain't dat, then I'm going to see what's in thar, says he. Brer Fox crope up little nigh, he did, and listen, but he don't hear no fuss, and he keep on getting nigh, and yet he don't hear nothing. By and by he get up close and peep down, but he don't see nothing and he don't hear nothing. All this time Brer Rabbit mighty nigh scared out in his skin, and he feared for the move, cause the bucket might keel over and spill him out in the water. While he saying his prayers over like a train of cars running, old Brer Fox holler out, Hey, old Brer Rabbit, who you visiting down there? says he. Who, me? Oh, I'm just a fishing, Brer Fox, says Brer Rabbit, says he. I just say to myself that I sort of spies you all with a mess of fishes for dinner, and so here I is, and there's the fishes. I'm fishing for suckers, Brer Fox, said Brer Rabbit, says he. Is dey many of em down dar? Brer Rabbit says. Brer Fox says he. Lots of em, Brer Fox. Scores and scores of em. The water is naturally alive with em. Come down and help me haul em in, Brer Fox says. Brer Rabbit says he. How I gwine to get down, Brer Rabbit? Jump into the bucket, Brer Fox. He'll fetch you down all safe and sound. Brer Rabbit talks so happy and talks so sweet. That Brer Fox, he jump in the bucket, he did, and as he went down, causing his weight, pull Brer Rabbit up. When they pass one nutter on the halfway growl, Brer Rabbit, he sing out, Goodbye, Brer Fox, take here your clothes, for this is the way the world goes. Some goes up and some goes down. You'll get to the bottom all safe and sound. When Brer Rabbit got out, he gallop off and told the folkses what the well belonged to, that Brer Fox was down in there muddying up the drinking water. And then he gallop back to the well and holler down to Brer Fox. 
Here come a man with a great gun. When we haul you up, you jump and run. What then, Uncle Remus? asked the little boy, as the old man paused. In just about half an hour, honey, both of em was back in the new ground, working just like they never heerd no well, exceptin' that every now and then Bruh Rabbit'd bust out in a laugh, and old Bruh Fox, he'd get a spell of the dry grins. End of Old Mr. Rabbit, He's a Good Fisherman Chapter 17 of Uncle Remus and Friends, 17 Stories by Joel Chandler Harris. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Mr. Rabbit Nibbles Up the Butter The animals and the creeters, said Uncle Remus, shaking his coffee around in the bottom of his tin cup, in order to gather up all the sugar, they kept on getting more and more familiars with one another, twill by and by. Twarn't long for Bruh Rabbit and Bruh Fox and Bruh Possum got to sort of bunchin' their perwitions together in the same shanty. At a while the roof sort of gun to leak, and one day Bruh Rabbit and Bruh Fox and Bruh Possum symboled for to see if they can't kind of patch her up. They had a big day's work in front of em, and they fotched a dinner with em. They lumped the vittles up in one pile, and the butter what Bruh Fox brung, they goes and puts it in the spring house for to keep cool, and then they went to work, and twasn't long for Bruh Rabbit's stomach gun to sort of growl and pester him. Dad butter Bruh Fox sot heavy on his mind, and his mouth water every time he member about it. Presently he say to hisself that he pleased to have a nip at that butter, and then he lay his plans he did. Fuss news, you know, while they was all working long, Bruh Rabbit raised his head quick and fling his ears forward and holler out, Here I is, what you want with me? And off he put like something was out of him. He sallied round, old Bruh Rabbit did, and out of he makes sure that nobody ain't following of him. Into the spring house he bounces, and dar he stays, twill he get a bait of butter. Then he sought on back and go to work. Where you been? says Bruh Fox, says he. I hear my chillin's callin' me, says Bruh Rabbit, says he, and I had to go see what they want. My old woman done gone and took mighty sick, says he. They walk on, twill by and by the butter tastes so good that old Bruh Rabbit wants some more. Then he raised his head, he did, and holler out, Hey oh, hold on, I'm a comin', and off he put. This time he stay right smart while, and when he get back, Bruh Fox ax him where he been. I been to see my old woman, and she's a sinkin', says he. Directly, Bruh Rabbit, hear him callin' him again, and off he goes, and this time, bless your soul, he gets the butter out so clean that he can see hisself in the bottom of the bucket. He scrape it clean and lick it dry, and then he go back to work, lookin' more samer than a nigger what the patter rollers been got hold of. How's your old woman this time? says Bruh Fox, says he. I'm obliged to you, Bruh Fox, says Bruh Rabbit, says he. But I'm feared she's done gone by now. And that sort of made Bruh Fox and Bruh Possum feelin' moanin' with Bruh Rabbit. By and by, when dinner time come, they all got out the vittles, but Bruh Rabbit keep on lookin' lonesome, and Bruh Fox and Bruh Possum 
they sort of rustle round for to see if they can't make Bro Rabbit feel sort of splemmy. What is that, Uncle Remus? asked the little boy. Sort of splimmy splammy, honey. Sort of like he's in a crowd. Sort of like his old woman ain't dead as she might be. You know how folks does when they gets where people's a moanin. The little boy didn't know, fortunately for him, and Uncle Remus went on. Bruh Fox and Bruh Possum rustle round they did, gettin' out the vittles. And by and by, Bruh Fox, he say, says he, Bruh Possum, you run down to the spring and fetch the butter, and I'll sail round yer and set the table, says he. Bruh Possum, he lope off out of the butter, and directly here he come lopin' back, with his ears a-tremblin' and his tongue a-hangin' out. Bruh Fox, he holler out. What the matter now, Bruh Possum, says he. You all better run yer, folks, says Bruh Possum, says he. The last drop of that butter done gone. Where's she gone? says Bruh Fox, says he. Looks like she dry up, says Bruh Possum, says he. Den Bruh Rabbit, he looks sort of solemn, he did, and he up and say, says he. I spec that butter melt in some by the mouth, says he. Then they went down to the spring with Bruh Possum, and sure enough, the butter done gone. Whilst they was sputin' over the wonderment, Bruh Rabbit say he see tracks all round there, and he pine out that if they'll all go to sleep, he can catch the chap what stole the butter. Then they all lie down, and Bruh Fox and Bruh Possum, they soon drapped off to sleep. But Bruh Rabbit, he stay awake, and when the time come, he raise up easy, and smear Bruh Possum out with the butter on his paws, and then he run off and nibble up the best of the dinner, what they left laying out, and then he come back and wake up Bruh Fox, and show him the butter on Bruh Possum mouth. Then they wake up Bruh Possum and tell him about it, but coast Bruh Possum nigher to the lass. Bruh Fox, though, he's a kind of lawyer, and he argified this way, that Bruh Possum was the first one at the butter, and the first one for the missive, and more than that, there hangs the signs on his mouth. Bruh Possum see that they got him jammed up in a corner, and then he up and say that the way for to catch the man what stole the butter is to build a big brush heap and set her afire, and all hands try to jump over, and the one what's fall in, then he the chap what stole the butter. Bruh Rabbit and Bruh Fox, they is both greed, they did, and they whirl in and build the brush heap, and they built her high, and they built her wide, and then they torch her off. When she got to blazing up good, Bruh Rabbit, he took the first turn. He sort of step back and look round and giggle, and over he went more samer than a bird flying. Then come Bruh Fox. He got back little footer and spit on his hands, and lit out and made the jump. And he come so nigh getting in that the air on his tail caught a fire. Ain't you never seen no fox, honey? inquired Uncle Remus in a tone that implied both conciliation and information. The little boy thought probably he had, but he wouldn't commit himself. Well, then, continued the old man, next time you see one of them, you look right close and see if the end of his tail ain't white. It's just like I tell you. They bears the scars of that brush heap down to this day. They are marked. That's what they is. They are marked. And what about Brother Possum? asked the little boy. 
Oh, Brer Possum, he took a runnin' start, he did, and he come lumberin' long, and he lit kerplam right in the middle of the fire, and that was the last of old Brer Possum. But, Uncle Remus, Brother Possum didn't steal the butter after all, said the little boy, who was not satisfied with such summary injustice. Dat what make I say what I does, honey. In dis world, lots of folks is gotta suffer for other folks's sins. Looks like it's mighty wrong, but it's just that way. Tribulation seems like she's waitin' round the corner for to catch one and all of us, honey. End of Mr. Rabbit Nibbles Up the Butter End of Uncle Remus and Friends, 17 Stories, by Joel Chandler Harris